0: better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
1: In London, this is The Economist. You're listening to Tasting Menu, a bite-sized selection of our favorite stories from across the week. I'm Josie DeLapp, and on today's menu... Have we reached peak smartphone? The perils of competitive parenting? And a movement for gender equality in how we name our streets? But let's start with our cover story, which this week depicted a red moon rising. China's landing on the far side of the moon was an unprecedented feat... ...and a mark of the country's soaring technological ambition. So our cover leader asked... Will China come to dominate science,
2: and should the rest of the world worry? Modern science depends on money, institutions and oodles of brain power. Partly because its government can marshal all three, China is hurtling up the rankings of scientific achievement, as our investigations show. It has spent many billions of dollars on machines to detect dark matter and neutrinos – and on institutes galore that delve into everything from genomics and quantum communications to renewable energy and advanced materials.
1: It's a prospect that alarms many Western politicians.
2: Authoritarian governments have a history of using science to oppress their own people. China already deploys AI techniques like facial recognition to monitor its population in real time. The outside world might find a China dabbling in genetic enhancement, autonomous AIs or geoengineering extremely frightening.
1: But the world has much to gain from China's efforts, and they may even change China itself in unexpected ways.
2: Expertise, good ideas and creativity do not respect national frontiers. Research takes place in teams, which may involve dozens of scientists. Nothing says the best scientists have to believe in political freedom, and yet critical thinking, scepticism, empiricism and frequent contact with foreign colleagues threaten authoritarians, who survive by controlling what people say and think.
1: History is full of seekers of scientific truth whose inquiring minds have led them to challenge the political status quo.
2: Think of Andrei Sakharov, who developed the Russian hydrogen bomb and later became a chief Soviet dissident, or Fang Lijue, an astrophysicist, who inspired the students leading the Tiananmen Square protests in 1989. Hard as it is to imagine, Mr Xi could end up facing a much tougher choice, to be content with lagging behind or to give his scientists the freedom they need and risk the consequences. In that sense... He is running the biggest experiment of all.
1: For an in-depth analysis of the state of Chinese science and where it might be headed, pick up a copy of this week's Economist. It's on all good newsstands and online at economist.com. And if you're not yet a subscriber, you can get your first 12 issues for $12 or £12 at economist.com forward slash radio offer. Smartphones are now a regular feature of daily life for more than 2 billion people around the world. But after a decade of explosive growth, we've now seen four straight quarters of declining sales. Have we reached peak smartphone? Tim Cross, our technology correspondent, told our Money Talks podcast what this means for the major players in the industry. Well,
3: the problem with Apple at the moment is they are, partly because the iPhone's been so successful, they're a bit of a one-trick pony. Now, of course, Apple is aware of this and they have been trying to diversify. So you've seen things, uh, they've made an entrance into the uh, the sort of smart speaker market to compete with Amazon and people like that, which hasn't been as successful as they've hoped. The Apple Watch is, you know, a wearable device, which lots of people think some form of wearable device might be the next big platform. That's done a bit better. So they're exploring sort of other areas in which they can sell their hardware. And Tim Cook also talks a lot about trying to become more of a service company. So focusing on the software that runs on your iPhone rather than the iPhone itself.
1: That elusive search for the next big idea also preoccupied our guest on the week ahead. John Kasich steps down as governor of Ohio this week. In his outgoing interview with our Lexington columnist, he talked about what he thinks is missing from the Republican Party.
0: What happened is over the last few years, the party's message has been very negative and, in some sense, scary or takeaway. And so, you know, it was against Obamacare, so you lose your health care. It was about, you know, the, the president insulting women, so you got women uptight. So, in other words, um, this has been recent. This hasn't been. This hasn't been happening over a long period of time. If the party stays okay. stuck like this, it will disintegrate. It cannot survive, and it can't survive without energy. And you don't get energy from just blocking things. I mean, you, you, you have to have an offence, you have to have ideas.
1: The race to 2020 is just beginning. The latest episode of The Economist Asks podcast debated another area of fierce competition, parenting. The Rugrat race to personal and professional success now begins before a child is even in preschool. But our Free Exchange columnist, Ryan Avon, wondered whether competitive parenting might not be doing more harm than good.
2: You know, there are only so many hours in a day, and uh, it would be nice to to take some time as a parent working on their own happiness and fulfillment and mental health. Not that interacting with children isn't rewarding, in many cases it is, but you can easily work yourself too much. And so I think that there are mental health costs in that sense, I also probably feel a little more ambivalent about the effects on on the children over the long run. I suspect the children don't mind it so much uh, when they're young, but I I worry that this sort of parenting teaches kids that life is a race, and it's one that can be won, and of course life isn't. And you sort of eventually have to find your own sense of happiness and self-satisfaction, and it's really hard to do that when you're always trying to beat your competition to this achievement or that achievement.
1: You can hear The Economist Asks, How Pushy Should Parents Be? and all our podcasts in full by subscribing to Economist Radio on your podcast app. Back now to the print edition and the Europe section. How closely have you examined the map of your city? Many European roads are named after national
0: heroes, but nearly all of them are men. Dozens of streets in Hungary are named after Petofi Sándor, the national poet. A visitor to any Italian city is likely to tread on Via Dante, Mazzini, Garibaldi or Verdi. Women remain conspicuously absent, apart from a certain Middle Easterner famed for her virginity. Even so, tens of lesser-known gents come ahead of Jesus' mother. In Paris, 31% of streets are named after men, just 2.6% after women. So, groups
1: of vigilante sign stickers from Paris to Tbilisi are taking matters into their
0: own hands. A Parisian group has unofficially renamed the Pont au Change after the entertainer and resistance fighter Josephine Baker, and the Boulevard du Palais after the 18th century philosopher Émilie du Chatelet. Beyoncé Boulevard appeared in place of Rokin Boulevard in Amsterdam in August. Some local governments have joined the cause. La Vie Dame, Dames, a town in France, has aptly named most of its roads after women. The question of who we remember and how can be particularly
1: fraught at the end of our lives. A piece in the Britain section reported on the rise of generous charitable legacies written into wills. In the past three decades,
3: legacy incomes have more than doubled in real terms – They now fund six in ten of Britain's lifeboats, two in three of its guide dogs and half its
1: rescued cats. And as the stakes rise, charities are upping their game to bid for that final gift. In 2000, they launched Remember a Charity, a
3: group of 200 organisations which tries to persuade people to leave a legacy. Animal charities are particularly popular – The four charities most likely to be remembered by supporters in their will are Cats Protection, Battersea Dogs and
1: Cats Home, the Dogs Trust and the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. This isn't always taken well by the human relatives of the deceased. According
3: to the Tax Office, the number of hearings related to wills has increased by a third since 2012. Several cases involve children trying to prize donations
1: out of charities' hands – or in some cases, pause. And finally, our Books and Arts section reviewed the story of a particularly litigious inheritance, the fight for the writings of Franz Kafka.
0: Tuberculosis claimed the writer from Prague in June 1924. However, in 1939, Kafka's friend, Max Brod, fled Nazi-occupied Czechoslovakia for Palestine with a suitcase that held most of his idols' manuscripts. It contained the never-completed novels The Trial, The Castle and America, along with diaries, notebooks and correspondence.
1: Admirers will know that Kafka published little while he was alive. In Kafka's last trial, Benjamin Ballant explains that it was only because of an act of betrayal
0: that we can read much of his work today. Before he died, the German-speaking Jewish author from a Czech city had instructed the devoted Brod to burn all his papers, unread and to the last page. For Brod, disobedience constituted a higher loyalty. By 1939, his stewardship of Kafka's work had given his friend a fast-rising global renown. In Germany, it also incurred the vandalistic wrath of the Nazis. After 1948, in newborn Israel... Brod failed to revive his own literary career, but he flourished as the keeper of Kafka's flame. His intention was for them to
1: eventually end up in a public archive, but a Kafka-esque series of bequests and lawsuits ended up in the Israeli Supreme Court in 2016. In one corner, the National Library of Israel, opposite them, the National Archive of German Literature. So was the author of Metamorphosis more German or more
0: Jewish? At length, the National Library prevailed. Mr. Balint's scrupulous and sardonic prose makes you love Kafka and dread the law. Lali Michaeli, an Israeli poet, deserves the last word. From my perspective, she remarked, of the writer's otherworldly talent, Kafka's manuscripts should be sent to the moon.
1: That's the end of this week's tasting menu, but you'll find more on moon landings, metamorphoses and the rest at Economist.com. I'm Z. DeLapp, and in London, this is The Economist.
2: Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil.